Hello listeners and followers of Ufahamu Africa and the Monkey Cage. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Amita Maklo, an anthropologist artist at Cornell University working with the Ufahamu Africa team. Remember, you can always read these reviews on the Monkey Cage's website and for our first-time listeners, the Monkey Cage is a blog on everything politics and political science at the Washington Post. Thank you again for tuning in. Now let's talk politics. This week's episode, an analysis of three books on Kenyan politics by Kim Yi Jion and Laura C, examines one, bureaucratic wrangling, two, the links between land and violence, and three, refugee life. As of July 2021, Kenya's Court of Appeal had not decided whether to uphold the High Court ruling in May of 2021 that blocked the government's Building Bridges Initiative, the BBI. BBI supporters, including President Uhuru Kenyatta, claim it will reform Kenya's politics, which has long been driven by ethnic rivalries and competition. The BBI proposes multiple changes to Kenya's constitution that could lead to more power sharing than the current system allows, from re-establishing the office of the prime minister to improving judicial systems accountability. The BBI effort hopes to, in the words of Chairman Yusuf Haji, promote greater inclusivity and mitigate the drawbacks of the winner-take-all electoral formula. Since the introduction of multi-party democracy in Kenya in the 1990s, Kenyans have tended to vote for leaders from their own ethnic groups. The leader who wins office can direct resources to fellow ethnic group members and their home region. This typically involves building infrastructure, schools and hospitals, and providing government jobs. Kenya's electoral rules effectively exclude from power groups that can't form an electoral majority. Since none of Kenya's ethnic groups are large enough to win elections on their own, leaders form electoral coalitions. Since 2002, members of one ethnic group, the Kikuyu, have continuously led the country and therefore directed resources to their communities and the communities of their coalition partners. Resentment about political exclusion boiled over into violence after the 2007 elections with Luo ethnic group members from the country's west thinking that the election was stolen from their presidential candidate, Raila Odinga. Despite steps to create a new constitution and enact significant reforms after that violence, including devolving more power and resources to the local level, many Kenyans still feel excluded from political opportunity. Three new books help shed light on Kenya's politics and why reforms are necessary. The books are My Hassan's Regime Threats and State Solutions, Bureaucratic Loyalty and Embeddedness in Kenya, Kathleen Klaus's Political Violence in Kenya, Land Elections and Claim Making, and Bram Jansen's Kakuma Refugee Camp, Humanitarian Urbanism in Kenya's Accidental City. Rulers Use Bureaucrats to Manage Threats Readers may have low expectations for the intrigue of a book about bureaucratic appointments, but My Hassan's Regime Threats and State Solutions is a fascinating book that will change their minds. Hassan's book examines bureaucratic appointments to Kenya's provincial administration, 
the country's administrative and security bureaucracy tasked with locally administering national-level policies and improving provision of public goods and services like health clinics. Hassan argues that leaders appease elites who can challenge leaders' abilities to maintain power by appointing elites as bureaucrats. And leaders deliberately choose posting locations where those elites will be least harmful to their rule, that is, not in a place where there is a popular discontent with the ruler. To address potential threats in areas of popular discontent, leaders will dispatch loyal bureaucrats willing to force compliance and use coercion. Hassan draws on a wealth of data to make her compelling argument, while offering readers colorful, illustrative examples of how Kenyan politicians shuffle bureaucrats to serve leaders' goals to maintain power. Land narratives shape inter-ethnic conflict. Klaus and Hassan's books are nice compliments, as Hassan writes that there are overlapping connections between ethnicity, land and conflict and policy administration. In Political Violence in Kenya, Klaus argues that where land or property rights are not secure, one group can perceive a neighboring group as a threat to its own security. Klaus's carefully argued and clearly written book documents how land narratives, defined as the ways people talk about and make sense of their claims and rights relative to others, serve to coordinate how elites and ordinary citizens use violence. Klaus finds in Kenya that land narratives are infused with narratives of ethnic identification and belonging and that these highly contentious narratives delineate insiders and outsiders. Politicians can exploit this volatile discourse during elections. Readers do not need to be familiar with the scholarly literature about how conflict emerges around elections to read and learn from political violence in Kenya. Importantly, Klaus's book emphasizes that electoral violence is not simply an elite-driven process, but a joint production in which elite organize, collaborate with or coerce local supporters. Klaus's book has serious implications for the BBI and related initiatives, not least the importance of looking beyond who holds power in Nairobi and considering how securing ordinary citizens' rights to land and livelihood can reduce the potential for violence. A Window into Refugee Life and Politics Janssen's book offers a history of the development of Kakuma Refugee Camp in decades since its founding in 1992. Kakuma Refugee Camp gives a vivid virtual tour of the camp-turned-city, describing where people live, what services are provided in which locations and what built environment looks like. Janssen writes about this accidental city in northwest Kenya that was originally meant to offer temporary refugee to people fleeing war in Sudan, Somalia, Ethiopia, Congo, Uganda, Eritrea, Burundi, and Rwanda. Through illustrating the protracted nature of refugee situations, Janssen pushes us to reconsider a history of the camp not as evolutionary phases shaped by powerful decision makers, but through the experiences of people who make a life in the camp navigating its opportunities and challenges. The Kenyan government looms in the background of Janssen's book, which characterizes refugee camps as islands within the Kenyan state, effectively under the power of the UN Refugee Agency. The government recently threatened to close two refugee camps, including Kakuma, and media coverage of refugees in Kenya is largely negative.
With all this in mind, our authors ask if the BBI will resolve the problems these books identify. They say that it probably is too much to expect that a constitutional reform initiative will fix the long-standing issues and political inclusion, land rights and the distribution of government resources identified by Hassan and Klaus. But as Jansen reminds us, new settlements and growing population demand and inspire creativity. All of these thoughtful books do the same, and policymakers seeking to enact meaningful reforms will do well to take their insights seriously. Thank you for listening. An update on this issue, however, is that Kenya Supreme Court's judges upheld the ruling and blocked the BBI. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do not forget to follow the Ufahamu podcast and the Monkey Cage on social media. My name is Amita Maklo and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.